What an awesome God. What an awesome God we serve. Do I have any witnesses in the house this morning that we serve? We serve an awesome and amazing God. Well, good morning, Hopewell. Amen. What a blessing it is for us to be all together again. I tell you all, never take for granted the gift of life. God has allowed us to be able to see a brand new day. Are there still struggles that we have every day? <laughs> Absolutely. But the mere fact that we are alive demonstrates that God is not done yet with us. And it also lets us know, serves as a reminder that we made it through whatever it is that we had to face yesterday because we're here. I wish I had some help in here this morning. It signifies that we made it through what we had to go through yesterday and we're here in a brand new day to celebrate God's faithfulness, God's grace, and God's mercy towards us. Come on to put those hands together. Give God praise. Amen, amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, which I hope that you do, um, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 17, whether you got your physical Bibles or whether you got the Bible on your app or your on your phone, on your tablet, does not make a difference. Amen. I hope you got your Bibles. Amen. That's like going to Walmart with no money. What's the point? Amen. No point in doing that. Amen. Stand with me. Uh, once you have it and go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. And verse 46. We're going to skim through um, this story, which you know, but we want to start with verse 46. Today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut your head off. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Let me read that again. Today, the Lord will conquer you. And I will kill you and cut your head off. And then I will give you, and I will give you the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals. And the world will know that there is a God in Israel. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you now for your word. God, I pray now in the name of Jesus that our hearts are open, our ears are ready to be able to receive whatever it is that you have to say to us, Father. Your word is like a buffet table. You got something for everybody. We just have to come hungry, Father. So I pray that we are hungry to hear what you have to say from your word to us, God. I pray that we rid ourselves of distractions, oh God. Ease our minds. Ease our hearts, oh God. Our thoughts that we may be able to center in and focus in on you, God. Because you have something to say to us. And it's in the strong name of Jesus we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. As you're taking your seat, just say something to your neighbor. You've been sitting by for 36 minutes now. Amen. Say something to them. Say something to them. Those that are online, if you got folks around you, say something. Say even if it's your dog, tell your dog happy good morning. Amen. Say something to them and welcome them to the Hopewell experience. When God wants to show you a side of Him you've never seen before. He usually does it in the middle of a mess, a problem, or a circumstance. 
when God wants to reveal a side of himself that we've never known before, he uses the trouble in our lives. He uses the tight places of our lives. He uses the pain in our lives. And he uses the circumstances of our lives to reveal to him, to reveal to us something about himself that we did not know. Just when we thought that we knew God all the way, close those doors so I won't hear that echo from the hallway. Just when we thought that we knew God real good, God will allow for something to jump off in our lives, Amber, that will cause us and stretch us, Greta, to see him in a way that we never have before. When God, thank you, Holy Spirit, wants to become more intimate with us, Sister Vanessa, and show us and uncover something about himself that we did not know, he will use tears, struggles. Folks on the job getting on your nerves. Folks at Walmart done ticked you off. People in your home that have made you mad to reveal something about himself that we never known before. As believers, Mother Greer, we should never get to a place that we get so comfortable with God, Sister Moore, that we think we know everything about him. Because just when we think we know everything about him, Mama Rita, sickness can come. Financial crisis can come. Grief can come. Defeat can come and introduce itself, Sister Tessie, and we will stand there almost, oh my God, what am I going to do? Because here's what God is trying to teach us, saints of God. God is trying to teach us that when those circumstances come, Sister Minister Lynn, when those problems come, when those troubles come, our first line of defense should not be to panic. But our first line of defense should be God, you're about to show me something about yourself that I've never known before. David is in trouble here in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And he's not just in trouble. David's in big trouble. David's in trouble, trouble, for real, for real. He is up against, along with Israel, a giant by the name of Goliath. Goliath is nine feet tall. He comes from a different species of people that are just big and just big for no reason. <laughs> he's not just big, Deacon Algy, but he's big and intimidating to the point that Israel has hid from Goliath. <laughs> They've hidden from Goliath because they sc they're scared. Every day on a continual basis, Elder James, he will come out and challenge Israel and say, who's going to do a one-on-one -on -one match with me? To the point that not only is Israel scared and hiding, but the king of Israel, the leader who should be putting strategies and plans together of how they're going to take this joker out is scared and nervous as well. The Bible says that David is minding his own business 
His brothers are out there on the front line on the battlefield. And his father says, David, I want you to go out there and check in on your brothers. I want you just to take some food out there to them and just see kind of what's going on and how they're doing. Come back and give me a report about it. David goes out there. Bible says he's out there. He's scoping out the scene. He goes and checks in on his brothers. And he notices that whenever Goliath comes out, everybody's shivering and, 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 and scared and hiding. Nobody's saying anything. And you have all these people with javelins and swords and, and, and all these knives and all these different weaponry that could be able to do something. But nobody does nothing at all. David is confused. And he even inquires, how come nobody's taking this joke out? Why is everybody running around here scared and nervous and don't want to say anything? They're hiding in caves. They're hiding, keeping away from Goliath. And his brothers get upset. Said, Man, why are you even out here anyway? <laughs> you just come and get us something to eat. You bring us our lunch. Amen. Thank you uh, for being our Uber and going to get our Chick-fil-A sandwich. Did you remember the Polynesian sauce? Amen. While you're at it and the lemonade. If not, go back and get it and bring it back to us. Otherwise, you have no business being out here at all. All David was doing was checking in on them, and he's challenging them, trying to figure out why are we allowing, why are you allowing this giant that is nine feet tall to intimidate you guys into hiding and doing absolutely nothing. Whether we want to believe it or not, we are more like David's brothers sometimes more than like David. That we have a giant in our lives. That we don't want nobody saying nothing to us about the giant. We don't want nobody questioning us while we haven't challenged the giant. We don't want nobody coming to us or, or texting us and asking us, how come we haven't taken this giant out? In fact, we are so protective of our giant that when people come and say something to us about it, we jump on the defensive and catch an attitude and start rolling our eyes trying to figure out why you ain't minding your own business. All of us are more like David's brothers at times that we have a giant that's in our lives that has taken over every area of our lives. And it leaves us feeling defeated. Have you ever woke up defeated that you did? I mean, you slept, you slept, you slept all right, but when you woke up and you thought about your giant, immediately you got defeated. The day has not even started yet. You even haven't gotten your feet out the bed yet. But from the start of the day, you already feel defeated. That's what a giant would do. A giant will bully us. A giant will defeat us. A giant would do all that it can to leave us and leave us in a cage that we have the key to unlock to get ourselves out. What is a giant, Pastor Soons? I like the way Pastor Tony Evans defines a giant. He's a, he says the giant is anything in your life that looms so large that it controls your emotions. Oh, God, that's worth writing down or taking a picture of. A giant is anything in your life that looms so large that it takes control of your emotions. A giant is not just limited to a thing. A giant can be a person as well. A giant can take the face of a person that has gained so much control over your emotions that you could be smiling, dancing, having a good time, but as soon as they walk into space and you see their face, automatically your demeanor changes. 
A giant is anything that is so large, it has become larger than the power of God that it controls and dictates your emotions. This is what David and Israel is dealing with. Dealing with the giant that has been bullying them for days. They're dealing with the giant that has controlled their emotion so that they peek out to start the day to see if Goliath is out because they're afraid to confront him. God is using this situation in their lives to reveal to them a side of him that they've never seen before. God is using the giant in their lives to show them and to reveal to them another layer of God that they've never known before. God wants to introduce himself as Jehovah Saba. The God that is a warrior. He's using this to show them how God will fight for them. And even though this is so interesting and so good at the same time, even though God is introducing himself to them as Jehovah Saba, the God who is a warrior, but there's something on their end that they have to do. I love the way that God works. God works in such a way, such an amazing way, that he would do his part, but there's always a human responsibility that we have. That God is always ready to do his part, but he's waiting on us to do our part and to fulfill our end. He's ready to fight for us, but in order for him to be able to fight for us and to be our warrior, which is Jehovah Saba, we have to know how to approach our giant. <laughs> Let's have church this morning. Here it is. Here it is. David teaches us how to be able to approach our giant. He's introducing the fact that God is Jehovah Saba, the God that is a warrior. But that there's a part that you and I have to play. Here it is. Here's the first thing. If we how how we approach our giant is this, we have to have the right perspective. Everybody say the right perspective. We have to have the right perspective. Look at verse 26. Verse 26 says this. David asked the soldier standing nearby, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending, ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine? Some versions even say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine anyway? That he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God. David talks with such confidence. David talks with such boldness because David is able to talk with such boldness and confidence because just in chapter 16, just in chapter 16, you all know the story that Samuel goes out and he's looking for the next king of Israel and he goes down over to Jesse's house and he asks Jesse, I need you to bring all your sons out because I believe that the next king of Israel is right here in your home. What a joy it is for Jesse to be able to recognize and to know and, and be extended the invitation of knowing and the awareness of being known that, hey, I have produced the next king of Israel. OMG, my, from my seed is going to come the next king of Israel. And so Jesse goes and brings all his sons out there. They're trying to get themselves looking good. They probably run in the house real quick, bust out their suit 
suit, put on the clergy court, put on the clergy cane. I mean, they are just ready. And everyone that, 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 that Jesse brings up, Samuel says, no, that's not the one. He says, no, that's not the one. That ain't him. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You got any more? He said, yeah, 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 I got, I got a son uh, uh, named David. He's out there tending sheep, but surely he, he cannot be the one um, that you want to be able to use. He stinks. He's been out there with the sheep all day. He's not the one. He don't look like a king. He don't smell like a king. He don't talk like a king. He doesn't have the behavior of the king. Out of all the other sons I have, you may want to use them, but no. Samuel says, go ahead and go out there and get David. And I love what Samuel says. Samuel says, we're not going to sit down and eat until you bring David to the table. And when David comes to the table, when David comes to the table, Jesse looks at him and he begins to pour the oil down on David and the oil begins to flow. And Samuel makes the announcement that this here will be the next king of Israel. His name is David. I know he didn't look like a king. I know he didn't smell like a king. I know he didn't talk like a king. But this is the one that God is going to anoint to be the next king of Israel. I don't know who I'm talking to today but there's people that have been talking about you behind the scenes they have been people that's been bringing up your name at certain tables and they said we're not going to sit down until they get here we're not going to we're not going to fill the job until they show up we're not going to take another interview until they show up who am i preaching to this morning in person and online that the favor of god is on your life and the favor of god is on the lives of church there's my church and so he says we're not going to sit down until he gets here David is able to talk bold in chapter 17 because I've been anointed for a work that I haven't even started yet David talks strong in chapter 17 because he has a post dated anointing Okay, okay, I'm going to go old school because I know not too many people write checks right now. I know I'm about the only one in America um, that still write checks and stuff for bills because I want to write checks out to Sanders just in case a joker wanted to say that you didn't mail in that payment. Oh, yes, I did. I have the receipt evidence to prove that I mailed that payment in. Cash it. Don't hold my check long either. Don't hold it long. Don't hold it long. Money's in the bank. Go ahead and cash the bad boy. Use your, use your app and deposit it today. Don't wait. It throws my numbers off. David has a post-dated anointing. I remember seeing my mom write out bills. And sometimes mama knew that she wasn't going to get paid until Friday on the 15th. But she knew that the bill was going to come out and come around sometime around that time. And so what she would do, knowing that it was a guarantee that the money was going to be in the bank on a certain day, mama would write a check that had a different date on it. So that once that check arrived, it would get there right on time to be cash to fulfill the need that needs to be met. David has a post-dated anointing. He's anointed for a task, for an assignment that he has not even fulfilled yet. 
So he has the boldness and the confidence to ask the question, who is going to kill this uncircumcised Philistine? Who's going to bring the defiance of Israel down? Who is going to be willing to take this joker out? David has the right perspective. As they're looking at this nine feet giant, David's looking in another area. <laughs> As they're looking at this nine feet giant, something captures David's attention and he recognized this joker ain't circumcised. <laughs> he says, who's going to kill the Philistine and end his defiance of Israel? He says, this brother hasn't been to the doctor to get cut. You have to understand, during that time, circumcision was a sign of supernatural covering. Y'all missed it. Circumcision meant that there was a covenant between you and God. Y'all still missed it. A circumcision meant that you belonged to God, and since you belonged to God, God was going to provide for you, God would give you power, and that God was going to cover you. Y'all still missed it. They're sitting there looking at a giant that is nine feet tall, and David says, this joker has not been cut. In other words, David gains the perspective, we have one up over this guy. Because since he has not been circumcised, there is no protection from God for him. There is no covering for him. There is no provision for him. So this joker is easily someone that we can be able to take out. They're looking at a nine feet giant. David is looking at victory. <laughs> They see a giant, but David sees victory. He says, this joker has not been circumcised. This joker has not been cut. We have a win over this guy. He has no backup from God. He has no protection from God. He has no cover from God. They see a giant, and David sees victory. Can I help somebody this morning? But God wants you to be able to have the right perspective against your giant. Yes, God will fight for you if you will just be still. Yes, God will rise up and take care of your enemies before you but God wants you to gain the right perspective God no, God wants you to be able to see when everybody else sees a giant God wants you to be able to see victory when everybody else sees defeat God wants you to be able to see victory who am I talking to this morning but God wants to change your mind on how you view your giant your giant has been looming over your emotions long enough the giants have been looming over your mind long enough the giants have helped you long enough he wants to change your perspective that I don't care how big the giant may be I still see victory because I know that God is on my side <laughs> oh so you got to be able to see this thing the right way we have to be able to see the thing the right way I love what my mentor pastor Clarence Storrs always tells me he says swims you can make it through almost anything if you see it the right way 
you and I can make it through almost anything if we can be able to get some adjustment to our lenses and our eyes to be able to see it the right way. David has a post-stated anointing that allows him to be able to see it different than everybody else. I'm just trying to figure out. Y'all tripping. And been hiding in your homes all this time. Against a giant that has not been circumcised. And don't have any backup from God. Y'all been running and screaming and scared and all this other stuff, going on Facebook Live, talking about how it's another day that you're in this cave and you're hiding away from Goliath, all the, all doing all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. When it's an immediate victory against this uncircumcised pagan, God wants us to be able to have the right perspective. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Could it be? That God hasn't taken down your Goliath yet because you, hasn't, you haven't gained the right perspective yet? Okay, let me go over here because y'all mad at me. Okay? I said, could it be that God has not defeated your Goliath or your giant yet because we still have yet to earn the right perspective? You keep focusing on the giant and you're missing the victory. You keep focusing on how big it is and how big it is, but never focusing on the victory that you already have in God. He says, I want, I want to help you to be able to have the victory. I want that when other people see the giant and see how big it is, I want you to be able to see victory. But here's the second thing right here. Not only do we have to have the right perspective, but we also have to go in our own anointing. Look at verse 38, y'all. This is so good right here. So at this time, at this time, David, David goes and he begins to share with them and say, hey, okay, I, 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 I. he goes to the king and the king is trying to figure out, okay, who is this guy out here that keeps talking all this smack, talking about who's going to take out Goliath and who's going to bring this man, this man down to an end. And David's going back and forth and his brothers, what about done to y'all. I just asked y'all a simple question. Why y'all scared against this uncircumcised Philistine when y'all already have the victory and all the other stuff, but y'all sitting here walking around scared. Nobody wants to say anything. Saul's not doing nothing. Y'all not doing nothing. So David says, don't worry about it. Shoot. David said, I, I, I do this myself. Saul said, Man, you got to be tripping, brother. Listen, listen. This, these ain't no sheep that you're dealing with, brother. This is a, this is a nine feet joker here with all the gear on and have an armor bear and all that stuff. You don't want to mess with Goliath. David had to testify. Look at verse 34. <laughs> David had to testify. David persisted. He said, I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after with the club and rescue the lamb from his mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it this to this, Philistine, to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from the Philistines. Testify, brother David. David says, I know, I know, I know, I know, 
I know. I don't have all the military experience that you guys may have had. He says, but I do have some experience. Even though I know, I know y'all just know me as the brother that's been out there herding my, herding my father's sheep. But I've gained some experience out there with the sheep. But because I'm the good shepherd to my sheep, I've had to protect my sheep from the lions and the wolves that will come out there. And David goes on to testify to let him know that when the lamb and when the lions and the bears came up there trying to take my sheep, God gave me the strength and the wisdom to be able to club these jokers and to be able to take them out. He said the same thing I did to those lions and those bears are the same thing I would do to this uncircumcised Philistine. In other words, David testifies and says, I have an experience with God that supersedes military involvement, that supersedes military background. He says, I have a relationship with God and the same God that rescued me when I fought lions and bears is the same God that will step in and help me to fight Goliath. Who am I preaching to this morning? The same God that helped you defeat depression. The same God that saved you from your low self-esteem. It's the same God that will empower you and help you to fight this giant that you have right now. The same God that enabled you to face every giant when you were little. Every giant that when you was a teenager. Every giant in your 20s. It's the same God right now. That will empower you to do what you didn't think you could be able to do. So Saul says, all right, you won me over. He says, go and get my gear. Go ahead. He says, here's my armor. Here's my bronze helmet. Here's my coat of mail. David put it on. He says, no, he said, I, I, I can't, I can't do this. He said, just go ahead and give me a slingshot and give me two rocks. He says, I can't go in these. He says, I'm not, I'm not used to them. So David put it down and he picked up five smooth stones from the stream, put them in a the shepherd's bag, and then he set out to take out Goliath. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God will never anoint who you pretend to be. It's getting hot in here. God will never anoint who you mimic or who you copy. God will only anoint who he has fashioned because he's Jehovah Elohim, the strong creator God, he will only anoint who he has ordained and authentically created you to be. God will never anoint who you pretend to be. He will only anoint what he's created you to be. David realized the armor that Saul had was anointed for Saul. He says the gear that Saul has is for Saul. 
He says, I can't go out in that gear because it's not a guarantee that that gear is going to protect me from the javelins of the enemy. David says, I got to go with what I know. <laughs> give me a slingshot and give me five smooth stones. And David goes out there on assignment. Saints of God, it is so important that you and I don't go around trying to be something that God has not ordained for us to be. It is so important that you and I, in this viral social media age that we live in, in this viral social, social media age that we live in, and I know when we say that, all the seeds and saints want to point the fingers at the young folks, but I see some saints and saints on social media that's trying to get their groove back. It's not just Stella, it's staying too. And trying to be something that they're not. And looking and thinking that God is going to anoint what we pretend or what we desire to be. God is looking for authentic people that he can be able to empower to go out to do what he has called for them to do. That will understand the assignment and obey. David says, I got to take this off. I can't go in this. I have to go with what I know. And what I know is in the anointing that I got in chapter 16 and doing what I was doing out there in the field with the sheep, I'm going to use that same anointing that is going to help me to be able to take out Goliath. So he goes. He walks out towards Goliath. Goliath thinks it's a joke. Sneering in contempt at this ruddy faced boy, verse 40, 43. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come with me with a stick? He cursed David by the names of his God. Come over here, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals. Goliath. Yelled. Goliath didn't realize that when he cursed David in the names of his pagan gods, he messed up. <sighs> he messed up. I told y'all the story before, but I'm going to tell you again because we got new people here that need to hear the same story. At school one day, wintertime on the west side of Chicago, I get hit in the face with a snowball, minding my own business on the playground. Young man calls my name. He says, Christopher, I turn around. Bam! He hit me straight in my face with a snowball. What do I do? I drop my backpack. I start running home. I'm trying to get to 1839 North Mulligan Avenue. Bust through the doors. Daddy! Daddy! My sister come downstairs. Chip, what's wrong with you? Where's Daddy? Daddy rushes downstairs. He says, Chip, what's wrong? By this time, I'm crying. I'm hyperventilating. I'm shaking, doing all of that stuff. 
said, a boy hit me in the face with a snowball, Daddy. He says, don't worry about it, son. Tomorrow, I'll walk you to school. And when you walk me to school, I want you to point out who that boy was. I hated going to school. I despised going to school. Oh, but that next day. I got up with like Jesus with all power in my hands, ready to go and see what the end was going to be. I got up. I was dressed. I knocked on the door. I said, Daddy, are you ready to go? He says, I'm ready. And we walked down that street. We got on that playground. And I'm looking for him. Everybody get in the way. Want to say good morning. Leave me alone. Move out the way. Where is he at? I said, Daddy. There he go. And as soon as I told my father who it was, Daddy went after him. What the guy didn't have to realize, that when you mess with me, you got my father in the fight. Y'all just missed that. He did not realize that when you bothered me, you got my daddy in the fight. David realizes this. He said, okay, 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 okay. He said, oh, man, this brother done messed up now. He's going to curse at me in the names of his pagan gods. He wants to use such foul language with me in the names of his pagan gods. Verse 45, David replied to the Philistine, you come with me with the sword or with a spear and with the javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's army, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut your head off and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals and the whole world will know that you are the God in Israel someone needs to hear that when they mess with you when the enemy comes and disrupt your peace when the enemy comes and disrupt your life when the enemy comes and disrupts your marriage when the enemy comes and disrupts your health when the enemy comes and disrupt your family he's not just messing with you but when he messes with you now God has gotten involved I wish I had some parents in here that when someone messes with your kids you don't care how old they are how young they are you say hey now mama is involved now daddy is involved and it's the same way that God has with his children when you mess with my baby now you are about to get the wrath of daddy tells him you messed up. Will you curse me out? He said, I don't have to come to you with the sword. I ain't got to come to you with no javelin. I come to you in the name of Jehovah Saba, the God that is a warrior. Ooh, help me, Holy Ghost. He says, I don't need a sword. I don't need a javelin. God, why doesn't David need a sword and a javelin to be able or a spear to go against Goliath? God wanted this to be a supernatural move so that David could not get the credit for it at all. There are some things that did not go the way that we thought it was going to go. And as a natural response, Renata, we were upset and disappointed because stuff didn't go the way that we thought it was going to go. 
But as you reflect and take time to gain a different perspective, we realize that if it had gone the way that we thought that we wanted it to go, God wouldn't have gotten the glory from it. And sometimes God will pause a thing from manifesting itself to go back to rearrange it so that in the end we can't walk away and say what we did but all we can say is that God did it. I don't know how. I don't know why. I just know that God did it. He says, I come to you in the name of the Lord God, Jehovah, sovereign. Here it is, saints. Here's the third thing. If we're going to approach our Goliath, we're going to have to confront Goliath. That thing that has been looming so large and has taken over your emotions is not just going to magically disappear. That thing, that person that has been looming so large that has control over your emotions can't be shouted away. There are some things you can't dance your way out of. There are some things that you can't sow a seed out your way of. There are some things that you're going to have to put your feet down, gird yourself up, and just face it. David had to face what had been looming so large over Israel, get this, you all, this giant was not just controlling the emotions of one person. He was dictating the emotions of the entire nation. An entire nation was stuck because of that giant. David steps up on the scene and he realizes the only way that Goliath is going to be defeated is that I'm going to have to face him. And I'm going to have to face him one on one. And God is saying the same thing to you and I here today. That whatever your giant is, you're going to have to face that giant one-on-one. But here's the news. You ain't by yourself. David's been circumcised. David has the covering and the supernatural help of God, so he has the confidence of knowing, I can face Goliath. 
because I got God standing up for me. There's some Goliaths in your lives, in our lives. We can't dance our way out of them, brother. I don't care how bad your two-step two step is. I don't care how good that music may be. I, I, listen, I, 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 I dance with the best of them. I would dance with the best of them. But there are some things you cannot dance your way out of. You're going to have to face it. Because here it is. Here it is. Here it is. This is going to hurt. Oh, God, this is going to hurt. You will never defeat what you refuse to face. You will never defeat what you refuse to face if you continue to delay facing your Goliath. Here it is. Here it is, saints of God. The next generation will have to face what you refuse to deal with. And I'll be doggone if Carrie and Kenny have to deal with some stuff that daddy have to deal with, if they have to face some things that I have to, that I have to face with. No, 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 no. I'm killing those giants down, not just for myself, but for the generations that's coming after me so they won't have to deal with those same giants. You'll never defeat what you won't face. You'll never conquer what you won't face. Who am I talking to this morning? That those giants have been looming over you, been looming so big over your life and your emotions for so long now. And I know you feel overwhelmed. I know that you feel defeated. But here's a word for you today that you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. God will give you the strength. God will give you the power to be able to take out and to conquer every giant in your life. God is ready to infuse you with his Holy Ghost power to be able to take down every giant that you have. But you have to be willing to stand up and to face him. David goes out there. I'm about done. Goliath walked out there mocking him. David reminds him who he was in God. As Goliath, verse 48, as Goliath moved closer to attack, David ran out to meet him. Reaching in his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with a sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank, sank in, and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over, over the Philistines with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from his sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. When the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they turned and they ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah gave a great shout of triumph and rushed over after the Philistines, chasing them, chasing them in there. And when they got in there, David and Israel took back everything that the enemy had stolen from them. They got back money and silver and, and clothes and material possessions that the enemy had taken away from them. There's some stuff that we've been bullied out of. There's some things that we've been intimidated out of. But God is saying, when you face your Goliath, when you face your Goliath and you kill it, I want you to go back and get back everything that's yours. 
I love it because the scripture goes on to say that when David cut off Goliath's head, he took the head to, to Jerusalem, but he kept his sword and he put it in his tent. David didn't need the head, but he kept the sword in his tent as a reminder of what God had did with Goliath later. Because the truth is, Goliath wouldn't be his only giant that he would have to face. There would be some more giants that he would have to face later on in life. But once he maybe got overwhelmed by the giants that he had to face, he would look back at that sword and be reminded the same God that empowered me to take out that last giant is the same God that can be able to take out any other giant. Every now and then, every now and then, saints of God, we got to look back at our scars and some of those wounds and remind ourselves, not from the place of being a victim, but as a victor, to remind ourselves the same God that showed up as Jehovah Saba then is the same God that can show up as my warrior. God wants to reveal himself as Jehovah Saba for us. But can we let him fight for us? Can we get out of the way and let him fight for us? Here's what I've realized. And I challenge myself and I push myself on it. I ain't arguing with nobody no more. You think the sky is purple? Awesome. <laughs> Two thumbs up. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yes. Gosh, that's gorgeous. Gosh. Looks like Skittles. Man, that's awesome. Not arguing with nobody. Not arguing with nobody. I'm not wasting energy on stuff. That's meaningless. People want to attack your character. I ain't got to get petty and post nothing on social media. I'm going to be still and let God be God. I ain't got to go on no social media war with nobody. I'm going to stand still and let Jehovah Saba I'm not going to curse nobody out. No. Somebody's up. Reverend, you had me till you got to that point. <laughs> We're going to pray for your deliverance today. That you only speak in, in, in spiritual tongues, not tongues of man. <laughs> not going to do it. Because when I interject myself, I delay Jehovah Saba coming in. When I try to fight you with my words and give you a piece of my mind and want to invite you across the street, I am not allowing for Jehovah Saba to come in. And if I struggle with that, I got pride that I have to bring to the altar and sacrifice and surrender to God as Jehovah Adonai, the God who rules. I don't want to get in the way of him doing what only he can do. 
Can you imagine the shout that Israel and them gave when they saw that what had been intimidating them and bullying them for so long was gone and dead and never coming back? Can you imagine the victory that they experienced when they saw that giant come down? That same feeling that they had was the same feeling that you and I can experience in our lives when we gain the right perspective about our giant. We walk in our own anointing. And that's a word for somebody. Just be uniquely who you are. Oh, man, you ain't got to be no carbon copy. You ain't got to try to no, just be uniquely who you are. Be what God has called for you to be. Let me say this. Be what God has called for you to be. Not what you have named yourself. Not what you think you should be. Be what God in here right now, you're dreading having to go to class this week, dreading to go to work this week because of certain people that you have to see. You're dreading certain family events that's coming up because of family members that you have to see. Let me tell you, he's Jehovah Elohim. He made them. He made them. He made them. He made them. And because he made them, you don't have to be intimidated by them. You don't have to be bullied by them. God wants to give you the grace. God wants to empower you with the grace. That intimidation leaves. God wants to grace you and empower you. That you can be able to look your giant in the eye. Say, this is the day. This is the day that I get my life back. That this is the day that I get my life back. Who am I talking to this morning? That giant has taken over so much, taken precious time away from you. But I thank God that only God knows how to redeem the time. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up every individual that's in this room right now. God, I pray now for grace. God, I pray right now for grace. I pray right now for grace. I pray right now for grace. I pray right now for grace, oh God. Grace that will be able to infuse them, oh God, to go forth, oh God, and to do what you have called for them to do, God. I pray for grace. I pray for grace. I pray for grace. I pray for grace. I pray for grace that will enable them, oh God, to be able to face every giant that they have in their lives, oh God. 
I bind fear right now in the name of Jesus, oh God. I bind fear right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you loose your hold over their lives right now. I pray that you loose your hold over their lives right now in the name of Jesus. Devil, you are a liar. They will not be defeated, oh God. They have the victory through you, oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh God. We sacrifice and we surrender pride now in the name of Jesus that gets in the way and robs us of the experience you as Jehovah Saba, oh God, in the name of Jesus. I bind depression now in the name of Jesus, oh God. I bind low self-esteem in the name of Jesus. I pray that you will loose them, oh God, that you will set them free, oh God. I pray for peace, oh God. Let you let them experience you as Jehovah Shalom, the God who is peace. pray I pray that we make you bigger than any giant that we have experienced or maybe experiencing right now God I pray that we won't walk in our own strength, but that we'll walk in yours. God, I pray that we'll look to you. That we'll look to you. That we look to you. That we look to you. That we look to you. I want you to worship right there. I want you to worship right there. 